Hey Radio Nonsense listeners, if your grotty bleaters, sorry, grown-ups, want to help support this podcast, then they can sign you up to the Linda Edition via Apple Podcasts or Acast Plus. The Linda Edition is a version of this very show where adverts appear as often as Linda does, which is never. Yes, including this annoying advert at the beginning. You'll also get the podcast a whole day earlier than everyone else, and you never know, if enough people sign up, there might be bonus content too. Get those grotty bleaters to hit the button on Apple Podcasts, or find the confusing link in the podcast blurb to do it on Acast+. Plus. Linda? You hear that, Linda? You have your own edition of the show, Linda? Ugh. You are listening to... Comedy Club for Kids presents... Tepid biscuits to you, and welcome to a whole brand new, sparkly, shiny, weirdly smelling dancing season of radio nonsense. Wait, hang on. Why is it weirdly smelling? What is that? Ah, oh, no, someone's left an old gone off hippo on it. Excuse me, whose hippo is this? Pirate Steve, is this yours? Ah, no. Hmm, okay. Uh, Scary Helen, is it yours? No! Okay, um, Ron Pickles, is it yours? <laughs> the snuggle. Oh, well, okay, uh, if no one will own up to it, I'll have to leave it there for now, and maybe it'll go away of its own accord, I can only hope. Oh, it smells really bad, though, like if farts were crispy. Ugh. So, uh, anyway, welcome to Radio Nonsense, the official comedy club for kids podcast that is suitable for everyone of all ages from minus seven to eight million and six years old. But it is not suitable, and um, I have to tell you this for health and safety reasons, for anyone who has said the words mumbo jumbo in the last hour or so. Um, as I said, that's for safety reasons. You should probably, you know, if you have said it, just let it go down for a little bit before you tune into this show or it could cause some upset. Um, I've just realised I did say it, so now... I'm going to have to go away for an hour before anything goes too wrong. Oh, dear, I can already feel my knees melting a bit. Um, hang, on, hang on just a second. Ah, that's better. Uh, managed to save all of my knees. Yes, all of them. So, as I was saying, uh, just make sure you definitely haven't said mumbo-jumbo before tuning into the... Oh, oh. no. Okay, sorry, everyone. Um, hang on a bit. Right. Uh, Sorry about that. You can't be too safe and secure about these things. Uh, We did a health and safety assessment before starting this season, as I was trying to say. And Magical Gavin, when running through phrases that may be a problem, he said mumbo jumbo before we ran a trial episode and all six of his knees melted. I had to spend the whole afternoon collecting them in a bucket. It was awful. Oh, oh, for goodness sake. It's okay, I won't do it again. Um, How is that hippo still here? It smells like if someone did a sick in a bin and then made your uncle point at it. Ugh. 
So, hello, sorry. Um, start again. Welcome back to the new season of the Radio Nonsense podcast. I'm still Tin and Do Yep, as apparently the doctor says there's nothing I can do about that, but he did recommend I try wearing some different hats now and again to see if it would help. Um, thank you so much for all your messages uh, that you've sent uh, while we've been away, asking that we do more of these podcasts and putting lovely, lovely reviews on Apple Podcasts. Um, most recently, we had a nice one from Hungry Shark World Pro, and I'm so chuffed that you listen, Hungry Shark World Pro. I'm not even sure how hungry a shark you have to be to be the world pro at it but i do hope that now you've got your title you've been able to have a rest and a sandwich um i hope you've all been okay really during these uh even more staying at home times because i'm aware it's not been easy as it? it's probably been a bit weird and probably a bit boring um and one tip that i could give you uh for being stuck at home for so long is that um you could try uh closing your eyes and then moving all your furniture and everything in your room all around right just but you've got your eyes closed so you don't know where you're putting it and then when you open your eyes you can pretend you're in someone else's home and you don't know where anything is and then if your pudgy tired lampposts oh sorry grown-ups if they ask you what you're doing and uh, can you tidy your room you can just say uh this isn't my room i'm just visiting and who are you do you live here Could you let me know where the bathroom is, please? It will be a lot of fun for a whole seven and a half minutes, I promise. Um, another way to cheer you up, though, of course, is this podcast. Hooray! Uh, there are going to be a number of new episodes to keep you entertained over the next few weeks. However, to make more of these, we need you to send in more questions for me to ask comedians the answers for. So if you do have anything you need to urgently get an answer about, then please get your nearest pudgy, tired lamppost, sorry, grown up, to help you send them in to us at podcast at comedyclub4kids.co.uk. And that's the number four, not the word for, or someone shouting it during golf. Um, the more questions we get, the more episodes that you get. That's how it works. Also, the more stinky hippos we get, the more upset I get, because really, it smells like if a bottom died and then a skunk wore it as a crash helmet. So please don't send any more in. And can someone please take this one away? I think it's trying to wipe its nose on my shoes. Do hippos even have a nose? Ugh, I'm just going to try and ignore it and hopefully it'll deal with itself. Okay, on to the important bit, for we have had some questions sent in and I did find some comedians to answer them. So... I am joined on the podcast today by Stuart Goldsmith, a.k.a. Stu Stu Barney McGrew, a.k.a. Stu Classical Art of the 17th Century, a.k.a. Champion Spoon Balancer 1986, a.k.a. the only person who's never, ever done a sneeze, not even once. Welcome, Stu. How are you? I'm so glad to get a list of all of my actual credits for once. Very few people will point out all of those things before I arrive on a podcast. I'm really well. And I should point out, people don't appreciate how difficult spoon balancing is. Because if you think about it, when you balance something in the circus, if you balance something really high up and heavy, it's easy to balance because you've got loads Mm. of time to adjust underneath it. Balancing a teaspoon is nigh on impossible and I deserve all the applause and praise that I get. I absolutely 100% agree. And also it was it was teaspoons. I know you started with ladles, didn't you? And then I think you gradually worked your way down. I worked my way down. I'm trying to work on a tiny little um, toothpick at the moment. I'm doing a toothpick. At the moment, I can do a toothpick with a pea stuck in the top of it. But I'm trying to get I'm trying to take the pea off. But frankly, that took just a toothpick on a pea took me the whole of last lockdown. That is, I mean, there's a lot of dedication going on there. And I, but I hope you achieve it because I think once you, once you do it, then who knows what you'll be able to do with that in future. You might be able to, you know, carry fleas around uh, in a sort of comfortable travel manner. Um, I'm trying to think what else you could do with a pee on a toothpick. Oh, I mean, mainly, mainly, a lot of I've, uses. I've really only got one uh, uh, goal with the toothpick balancing on the nose, which is just to prove to kids that they're stupid because they can't do it. So if I manage to Whoa. do that, then I will have I'll be satisfied because there'll be kids listening to this now. I know who are six. And you've heard me say this before, too. When you're six, it's an exciting time to be alive. 
But when you're seven, you're an idiot, but you don't know that you're an idiot. And that's one of the... I mean, there might be people listening to this now who are thinking, I'm seven, but I'm not an idiot, which is just sad because they don't even know. So my goal throughout life has always been to do a load of stuff and practice a load of incredible things that children can't do in order to prove to them that they should sit down, be quiet and stop bothering me. That's an absolutely uh, amazing task. I, I, I wish you all the success with it because, I, I mean, children really need to know how, how just ridiculously silly they are. Yeah, and, that's true. Uh, that's true. I think that is one way forward. Is that is that what you're you, spending time doing? Because obviously we're all stuck at home uh, at the moment. I wonder if that's what you've spent a lot of your time doing right now is just finding new and amazing ways to make children feel absolutely ridiculous. To make them feel inadequate, if I can. Yeah, of course. Hmm. Um, I, I think, to be honest, I'm spending a lot of time homeschooling at the moment. My son, Boutros, is uh, nearly five, and that's a very dangerous thing i mean he doesn't even know he doesn't even know that he isn't even an idiot yet it's very confusing um wow. but he's uh, he's a good little lad and i have been trying to stop him teaching his younger sister all manner of rude things to call me um because they've recently started calling me a party pooper and the problem is they're <laughs> using it perfectly accurately i think they don't know what it means and they're just saying it because it's got the word poop in it and we all enjoy saying that but as you know tin a party pooper is someone who spoils someone's party so if one of them runs in and calls me a poo head i say i'm not a poo head and then the other one will back the first one up and say don't be such a party pooper and i'm like well fair play you are using that correctly wow. I, I should just say that, that someone, a party pooper is someone who ruins someone's party. Do they ruin it by pooping at it? I don't know. I've never understood. I, I imagine that's possible. But I, I think there's probably several ways to poop a party. One of the most immediate and obvious is almost certainly to walk into the party and poop within the party. You could that possibly would really also, ruin it, Stu. Yeah, you yeah. could. You could poop on the way into the party. You could lay a poop mm. on the way out as a sort of trap, uh, like a little pooey minefield for people when they left oh. the party. Or you could In a party bag, perhaps. In a party bag. Party I mean, bags, maybe yeah. that is the origin of party pooper, that at the end of the party, <laughs> everyone goes, oh, I've got a lovely party bag here. And you feel, put your hand around that. I think the cake's still warm. Oh, no. Tragic. <laughs> It's a really horrible thing to do, actually. And it's quite a vicious um, accusation that you are a party pooper. I mean, presumably you've held, you know, you've you've had birthday parties for your kids. Uh, did you poop at any of them? I don't remember pooping at any of them. But to be honest, they're all such a blur. You know what it's like. A party for a four-year-old is absolute carnage. You look up, people are clinging off your ears, dangling off your face. The human jaw can support the weight of three adult monkeys. I don't know if you're aware of that. True fact. But uh, I reckon wow. I can dangle about six children from my lower teeth. Um, so I, I'm definitely the sort of parent that gets stuck right in at a birthday party. And I always end up just with just peeling children off me, throwing them across the room. And then they keep coming back. As soon as you identify yourself as someone that it's fun to mess with, um, it's always my, my first mistake. Then uh, goodness knows. I mean, he, because of the lockdown, he's going to be having his fifth birthday party fairly soon. And uh, we're not able to get together with the same uh, amount of children as we normally would. So what we're going to do instead is we're going to do a thing where we take him round the neighbourhood and we ask all his friends to put little signs wishing him a happy birthday in their windows. So he's got some things to discover. Aww. We could make a little map. Um, it's possible, though, that I could poop even that party by sneaking round the night before and pooping outside the front doors of all of his friends. That would be an incredibly sneaky plan. And I think he'd enjoy it, actually, if you managed to, you know, there comes a point, obviously, the first couple of times it's disgusting. But then by this sort of seventh, eighth, it's actually impressive and becomes quite hilarious. If you manage to get around the entire neighbourhood, I mean, that's applaud worthy. Yes. Then you're not just a party pooper, you're an entire city pooper. 
Well, exactly. And I think that's something that we all hope to achieve one day. And may I also suggest, actually, that, you know, for a kid's party, if you can hang monkeys off your chin, why not do that? I think I think there's no rules on how many monkeys you can have at your home at the moment. No, that's true. Um, they're uh, they're and I think uh, outside be really of the entertaining. Yeah, you could take an, in, an infinite number of monkeys, if you fancied, and start dangling them off your, your face one by one. Um, we've got a little game. It's sort of a version of Kaplunk, if that means anything to you. It's a, a, a tree and it's like a plastic shell of a tree and you point, you stick little branches through it, little kind of spiky branches, go through little holes in the side of the tree and then you drop tiny little monkey toys, little about inch high monkeys, you drop into them and then you pull them out. I reckon I could get about 150 of them dangling off my jaw, no problem. I really hope this is your next task after the toothpick uh, and pee scenario. And I <laughs> well, would, like, to be honest, I'm very excited by the results. For it to be up to the level of one of my famous circus tricks, I would need to be balancing the monkeys on top of each other, 150 high, a stack of 150 monkeys, which if you could get them to hold on to each other would, as I pointed out earlier on, become easier. I believe in you, Stu. I believe that this is your, your true destiny. Tin, and it's and so good excited. that someone believes in me. The children don't <laughs> care for me at all. My daughter is two years old and she's only said I love you, Daddy, three times in her entire life. <laughs> was it it's, all to get stuff? It, uh, was it all I because she wanted something? I think it was to get stuff. Although now I'm thinking back on it, it may well have been to get stuff. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm just, I, get, I get called a poo head far more often than I, I'm told uh, that anyone, or I get the impression that anyone has any love for or respect for me. I, sh- I should just because a lot of listeners this are children, so you have no idea what it's oh, like what? Sorry, to children have to deal with yourselves. To you didn't tell yeah, me. Yeah, I'm that. sorry, Stu. Oh. But it's okay, Stu, because they now know that they're all idiots, so it's okay, fine. Okay, well, there is out. that, I but suppose. I- I just wanted to give an example because you're saying that you dealt with that. My, my daughter at the moment, her favourite thing, she's two and three quarters, as she will tell everyone uh, on the planet oh, yeah. many times over. Her favourite thing at the moment is to wait until the radiator's on and then pull her trousers down, put her bum on the radiator and shout, hot bum, hot bum, hot bum, uh, well, let's just Let's just pause and, the recording, uh, Tim, and I'm going to run off and try that now. That was absolutely incredible. I've got to tell you, my respect to your daughter there, Tin, and what an inventor she is. Have you got an incredibly hot bum? It's so hot. I've only just recently, I mean, the pause there took about 20 minutes of real time where I came back uh, and had to dip my bum. As you probably heard the sort of hissing noise as I dipped my very hot bum in a bath full of cold water. So I'm pleased to have recovered now, but whoa, what a rush. Wow. Well, I'm glad it's worked out for you. Maybe I should get her to uh, take it to Dragon's Den or something. I think maybe we could have this as a new invention that everyone around the country could be uh, trying a hot bum. Yeah, definitely. I don't think the Dragon's Den people would go for it. I don't see how you could make any money out of it. But perhaps if you had a travelling radiator on wheels, you could wheel it up outside people's houses uh, and you could uh, you could in the in the in the street like the rag and bone people of old, you could shout hot bum, hot bum. And then people would hear you <laughs> and, and they'd run out, out yeah. of their houses. Yes. Like a like the like the naughty ice cream pe- people who like to play horrendous music at top volume in order to make sales to people who are absolute city blocks away from them. The the lone cry, hot bum, and people would be like, Daddy, can we go and warm our bums on the radiator? No, no, darling, I'm afraid that noise means he's turning off the radiator. Oh, what a beautiful image. I, I should also just suggest to listeners that you shouldn't necessarily try a hot bum with the aforementioned party pooping. I think the combination of the two would be rather I think horrific. it would be so stinky and unpleasant for yeah. everybody. Yeah, let's not have that. Um, I was going to ask you, one of the things I've been, you know, ask all the guests on, on the last season of the show really was that um, a tip for being stuck indoors at home, but already you've given us balancing monkeys, balancing toothpicks on on sticks, party pooping. We've, we've got quite a lot from you, but I didn't know if there's anything in particular, Stu, that you've been 
doing to uh, entertain yourself or the family over the past few months? What have we been doing? One of our things we like doing is building dens. So we've got a big old, uh, very tired and saggy uh, uh, sofa that we can't, it's in three sections. We can't ever throw it away because it's just so good for building dens. So you've got cushions, which are, I mean, I say cushions, they're sort of metre and a half square enormo things that form really good walls of stuff. We saw, um, I, I briefly considered buying my son for his birthday one of these kits of you get these little kind of they look like tennis balls with lots of holes in and then you buy sticks that fit into the holes and you build this whole kind of den kit and chuck a blanket over it and wow. I thought we just don't need one of them because we're just there's 30 cushions down there and then the the other thing we've been doing is um I've been teaching my son the different dodges from when he absolutely leathers me with a cushion. This is a thing I said to him in passing. I said, come on, mate, come over here. I'm going to absolutely leather you with this cushion. And now he thinks that's what that game is called. He's like, daddy, I'm going to leather you. <laughs> Okie dokie. So he throws cushions at me and we've established there are six main dodges, right? So the first one is the sidestep. So he chucks a cushion at me. I sidestep or I side. I, I step briefly to the other side. Very easy. Those are the first one or two, right. depending on how you're counting. That's um, very impressive. For the listeners, Stu just uh, sort of demonstrated it. It looked really good. Oh, thanks, mate. Uh, the next, of course, is the duck. He throws a cushion at me and I duck. The next is the jump, which is very difficult to pull off, but very satisfying. If someone leathers a cushion at you frisbee style at your ankles and you manage to jump over it at exactly the right time. Then uh, the boof is the next one. This is my son's invention. The cushion is coming towards you and you deflect it by boofing your, your fist straight into it. And I, if, you, if you get a good boof, you can actually direct it back towards the thrower of the cushion. And the sixth, wow. let me ask you, Mr. Tin Duyeb, what do you think is the sixth method of uh, evading attack from a cushion? This is very tricky because you've covered so many bases already. I mean, the only thing I can almost think about is like a sort of uh offense is the best defense where you just you just take it in the face but you you sort oh, of pull, we pull just, it out oh option six stand there yes i like it yeah <laughs> i like it and because after a few attempts it's like well this isn't doing anything he's invulnerable oh and then they sort give of up wear them away. down over time you, yeah. yes i will i think as parents we've all tried that method of you know your child's <laughs> trying to tickle you and you just stand there going i'm not ticklish i'm not ticklish and they keep going and you just think if i can just hold out pretending i'm not ticklish for long enough then they'll give up and then the last minute they get you that's good i think what you've discovered there Tillin, is the seventh defense against cushions the sixth Ooh. is called the turtle and what you do with the turtle is you simply what? turn around curve your back and your bum together into a protective shield and you effectively take the cushion on your back um so you sort of defend yourself in a, in a turtle posture but I think option seven is take it in the face. I like that very much. Well, also the turtle, if you had a hot bum at the same time, then you've got a lovely hot bum on a nice cushion. Oh, and yes. And in, relaxed. Fact, in fact, if you had heated up your bum at the uh, hot bum, if you'd, if you'd done one of yeah. them, run into the street and radiated your bum enough, then there's a chance if you'd really gone for it when the cushion came towards you, it would simply evaporate on contact with your bum. It's incredible. I feel like you've there's a whole new world. I mean, what what you've done here, Stu, is uh, you and your children have discovered, you know, a whole way to survive were you to wake up tomorrow and the world had turned into marshmallows. Because oh, immediately yeah. you'd be the family that had a den and the ability to fend off all possible attackers. Yes. And none of the rest of us would be. You yeah, could live well, in I'm, a soft world. I'm nothing if not a prepper. I do like to be prepared for things. Uh, and if that means having a load of marshmallows ready for the inevitable marshmallow invasion, then uh, I am more than happy to welcome all comers. Come and join. Uh, I'll, I'll start calling myself King Mallow, I think. Come and join King Mallow's nice name. Marshmallow Protection Zone. And uh, we've got a, I've got a safe in the basement that is already full of uh, marshmallows and uh, penicillin and Bitcoin.
<laughs> I will. I will add that title to your introduction the next time I have to do one for you. Most definitely, um, Stu. This is. I'm, I'm sure you know. This is an audio podcast. The listeners cannot see us um, because. Hang on a minute. Two things. One, yeah. they can't see us. Two, there are listeners. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, they listen, but I mean, who knows how they're trying to listen? They might be trying to you listen with their eyes. With their I bum. thought we were just having a nice chat. <laughs> Go on. Oh, no, a... Stu. I don't want, not a chat with you. I wouldn't have, <laughs> I wouldn't have arranged this for any other reason. <laughs> Ugh, it's gone. Explain. They can't, they can't see us. So they, shall I, they do, can't does see Does that us. mean there was no so, point in me dressing up in this incredible suit of armour? Well, there is for my benefit. I'm really enjoying it. And I'm liking the way that the sort of light is glinting off all the points of the armour. Thank it's you. Very pleasing I've covered it in these sections from a mirror ball. Yes, well, I, I did think it was a very, it was very sort of disco armor, and I like it. And again, I think the enemy were you to be attacked by whether they were holding marshmallows, pillows, hot buns, whatever it was, they would be so dazzled by your armor, they'd probably sort of have to strike a few moves. I am nothing you, if which not you prepared. They call me the disco yes, knight. Yes, absolutely. And uh, if I if I flip this bit up, can you see that? Look, that's a little revolving well, light there on the left side. Oh my And if goodness. I flip that up on the right side, that's an ice cream holder. So you know, I'm absolutely ready. This is, I mean, this is just, listen, you're missing out on an awful lot here. Um, well, what, what is, for their sake, obviously they can't see your armour, uh, they can't see all your incredible dodging pillow moves. Um, I wondered if perhaps what you could give them is your favourite noise, like one of the noises that you love the most that you could share with them. Yes, now I wondered about this. Um, I, uh, I have a number of noises. This is one of my favourite noises. And what it is, is it's a hum and a whistle at the same time. Oh. So I'm both humming and whistling. And what I like to imagine is this is the noise of uh, a very 1950s style spacecraft, a UFO in the shape of a saucer. It looks a bit like an upside down jelly mold. I'll see if I can do it. Here we go. Hang on. Thank you. That was amazing. <laughs> that was a hum and a whistle at the same time. That was unbelievable. Is it a hissle? Uh, a whum? Uh, let's call, call it a whum. Yeah. A whum. But that's quite, inc- and you're managing to both noise at the same time. That's I very should impressive. point out it's a one, but it's a W H U M. It's not just W U M. Let's not Good. get confused. Good. No, no, no. Well, that that was an amazing noise. Thank you for that, Stu. And and the other thing that I need to ask you for is obviously this podcast is suitable for um, all ages except for one hundred year olds. The, the listeners know that that's my very strict rule. They're not allowed one hundred and one onwards. That's absolutely fine. Okay. Uh, yaks yeah. also not allowed. Um, but generally, everyone else is suitable for everyone else. And I, I just want you to reassure them by if you could tell us a rude word that you will not be saying throughout the rest of the show. Uh, I will not be saying beaver bums. No. Oh, yeah. No. Don't say that. That's no. 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 Thing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. There's no reason. I'm absolutely not. I'm I'm not going to say beaver bums on your podcast. This I've got a lot of respect for your podcast. It's heard as far afield as America and Australia, as I've understood it. Um, Well, apparently so. Yeah. Yeah. I I think people in those countries specifically won't want to hear the words beaver bums. No, completely. Absolutely right. No beavers, no bums, no beaver bums. That's always been my motto. In fact, that's my family motto. It's actually carved on my grandmother's headstone. No beaver really? bums. Really? Is that thank you? Is that due to a historical event that happened involving a beaver's bum? Or I, I think you know me better than to ask me about that because uh, I will end I up do. if I have to tell you that story, Ted, and I will end up saying beaver bums at least once. And as I've established, I'm just going to go for a clean sweep on this podcast. Zero beaver bums. That's fair. That's fair. I won't ask you. And let's just make sure no one says beaver bums, not even once. Good. Thank you, Stu. Thank you very much. Um, so look, hey, the reason I've got you here in your shining, uh, wonderful dancing suit of armour um, is that we have been sent questions this week from Agatha Molyneux, which I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderfully fancy surname. Agatha is that Molyneux. all one word? Agatha Molyneux? That's a good web address. Is there an agathamolyneux.com? Oh, if you're the parent of Agatha Molyneux listening to this, try and purchase agathamolyneux.com. I've just got the feeling in my waters it'll come in useful one day. 
It's very pleasing to say out loud, isn't it? Agatha Molyneux. Agatha Molyneux. <laughs> I feel like it could be a song in Mary Poppins. Agatha Molyneux, uh, let us all go to the zoo. Yeah, that's Agatha very nice. Molyneux. I like it in a kind of a... Don't I just have it, one apple, but two. It's sort of like yeah. saying hello and goodbye to someone at the same time. Maybe it would be a good word to say as you walked past someone that you didn't want to stop and talk to. Agatha Molyneux. That's beautiful. Yes, well, I hope Agatha Molyneux, I hope, I hope you're enjoying all the different uses for your name. Um, and Agatha is age nine and she is in Edinburgh and she has sent us... She sent us four questions. I should add, at the end of every single one of these questions, she has put three question marks, right? So she really needs to know the answer. So these are important questions. questions. These are like, she's not just saying, what colour is the sky? She's saying, what colour is the sky? That kind of yes, thing. these yeah. are big. They, these are important to you. We have to answer these questions. So I'm going to give them to you one by one. They're all quite big. Take your time. Okay. Question number one from Agatha Molyneux is, why are there no more flying pigs? Gosh, she is tense, isn't she? First thing, take a chill pill. Relax, Agatha Molyneux. Just put your feet up if you can. Draw yourself a bath and then colour it in. Uh, what? <laughs> are, why are there no... Tell me the question again. Why are there no more Wait, flying I'm, pigs? Why are there no more flying pigs? Yeah. Well, that is a tricky question, isn't it? Because, of course, that question presupposes uh, that there were once flying pigs. And I don't think I've ever seen one. Have you ever seen one? Well, I haven't. But if there aren't any flying pigs anymore, when did they might have stopped Maybe flying she's before seen some. I could see them? Where does she live? She lives in Edinburgh. That's a famously magical city, isn't it? Lots of windy spires mm. and spells and so on. So presumably at some point in Edinburgh, there were some flying pigs. And now mm. Agatha Molyneux has failed to see any further flying pigs. I mean, my first instinct is that perhaps it's you, Agatha Molyneux. Maybe they're scared of you and they're hiding from you because your name sounds like a spell. That's a very good point. I mean, it's also worth pointing out she is age nine, but I don't know how long she's been nine for. Oh, and she could have been yep. nine for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yes. Oh, maybe she's the famous Edinburgh tiny witch, Agatha Molyneux. Mm. It all falls into place now. So, yes, I, my answer then to that question would be stop doing all of this really aggressive magic at a variety of farmyard animals. And maybe the flying pigs will return and peep in at your window and you could feed them a little apple or a sugar lump or uh, That's what very else do nice. pigs like? Poop. Probably poop, yeah, probably party pooping. And I mean, I assume, Stu, that, that based on you know your theory, they're probably just migrated for now, haven't they? Maybe they've gone south. Oh, the maybe wolf. they've migrated. That's a good idea, yes. Why are there no more flying pigs this month? And it'll be because they've migrated. Now, where would a flying pig mm. migrate to? What sort of environment does a pig like? They like to roll around in mud, I suppose, maybe somewhere like the jungles of Bolivia, somewhere nice and mm. warm uh, with a nice muddy floor. Uh, and as uh, yeah, I think that sounds fun. And a nice, a nice kind of rough palm tree that they could scratch up against. They could, they could itch their flanks against a palm tree. Oh, and uh, sounds great. And maybe they could, they could have someone there, just a single pig handler per one hundred pigs, to ruffle their feathers from time to time. That sounds. I mean, that sounds lovely. I, I think there's a high chance they wouldn't go to anywhere with ham in the name. So probably not to Hampstead or Hamburg or anywhere Birmingham. like that. I think they'd yeah. avoid that sort of thing. Yeah. Yes, pork will be on Thames. They wouldn't go there. Yes. Would they? You wouldn't Absolutely, find them. Yeah. You would do three more. Uh, we eat Pigsville. They wouldn't. They wouldn't do. Uh, <laughs> they wouldn't go there. They wouldn't uh, do pigs. Pigs die here. Uh, uh, they wouldn't go to Oink Town. Yeah. Uh, they wouldn't yeah. go <laughs> to um, ooh, Trufflesbury. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of places to you they won't go to. That's and what we've, uh, you wouldn't find one in Boreham Wood. 
Oh, Stu! No, you wouldn't. Very impressive. I hate puns. Very good work. <laughs> I hate puns. I've just done a double. Boar have wood, ladies and jelly spoons. Stu, it wasn't a pun. You were naming places pigs won't go. We all know that, you, you know, you're an expert in such things. So thank you. I won't question it. Um, okay, well, I think we succinctly answered that uh, for, for Agatha Molyneux. That's why there are no more flying pigs. Before we move on migrated. from this one, before oh, we move on yeah. from this one, can I just uh, ask or indeed recommend that Agatha Molyneux picks up a magic wand, points it at someone or something and says, Agatha Molyneux, and see what happens and get back to you. If you could email the podcast, please, at this is the email address of the podcast at the email address of the podcast.com. Yes, please do that, Agatha Molyneux. Have I guessed that right, it... Tiernan? Is that the right email address? Because I did it's guess It's podcast. It. I mean, it was close. It was podcast at comedy club for kids, for kids.co.uk. So comedy club for close. kids, for kids. No, it's, it's, I just, I'm saying the four again. So it's comedy club for kids.co.uk, but with the number four, instead of someone like shouting four because they're playing golf oh. or like four, you know, or like. I always thought this I, was the comedy club and it had four kids. There's also just four kids that are allowed to listen to this. Yeah. And if any more listen to it. Oh, then happens? I lose my license. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it explodes. Yeah, it's quite messy actually. So I think Agatha Molyneux is now one of those kids. Do your research. So that means Agatha another Molyneux. one had to leave. Yeah. Use your name as a spell. Get in touch and let us know what happens. And just out of interest, Agatha, if you, whatever you're like doing the spell out gets wings, why not just send them to me with your message rather than email? Perfect. And that email address yeah. again is Agatha Molyneux at four 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 kids four comedy club four club dot comedy. Agatha. Agatha Molyneux. Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely correct. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for the, the promoting. You didn't need to do that as a guest, but I appreciate it. Oh, that's quite all right. It's so difficult. My own email address, if anyone wants to get in touch with me, is at the word at, that's written out all one word, at the word <laughs> at, at, and then that's in inverted commas, but that's all written out. So at the word at, at, and that's inverted commas, all one word, at all one word, slash dot, slash, slash, that's all written out, dot com. That's fantastic. Brilliant. Well, I think everyone's going to get in touch straight away uh, at... Yes. So um, question number two for you, Stu. Um, we've, we've got three more. So let's we, I think we need to give some answers out. Um, question number two is um, and I'm going to read it again with the three question marks. Why do you need to jump around on the spot when you really need the bathroom? Oh, yes, I see. I see. This is uh, why do you this is an important question. And if anything, this mm. is fewer uh, question marks than I was expecting. But it's a great question. Mm. Let's think about this in its different bits. Normally, when I'm jumping around, when I need a wee, I'm sort of the other thing I do is I cross my legs. I don't know if that actually changes the shape of the bladder, which is the little bag in your tummy that the wee lives inside. Um, I say lives inside as far as I know it's stored there. It isn't sentient wee. It doesn't have his own hopes and dreams. But maybe it does. Maybe it does because uh, when it is eventually ejected from your person, it goes wee. <laughs> so maybe that's where the name comes from. But um, you hop, you hop up and down and you, yes, you sort of jump. Is the jumping to destroy? distract yourself or is the jumping to distract the we hard to say isn't it maybe mm. you're trying to take your mind off needing a we and maybe you're trying to take your we off needing a mind whoa i mean that's very deep i i i, so I sometimes wonder like if by jumping you can move the we to different places so you can put some in your knees maybe sort of some in your tongue or so just to get it out of your bladder so that oh, you can yes. separate so it, it out so before it leaves it the pressure on the bladder. And then you well, can, this, this yeah. would make sense, doesn't it? Because we've all been eating uh, peas or broccoli and known that there's ice cream for pudding. And we thought, I'm full. I can't eat any more peas and broccoli. Mummy, daddy, I'm full. And they said, well, there's ice cream for pudding. And we've all explained that is a different compartment. 
So we do know Absolutely. that the human body is compartmentalised into different sections with different doors and types of doors. Um, and it may well be that the we uh, is actually, if, if you jump around, yes, you're able to sort of slosh it into your left arm and then you'd have a slightly wee arm, which would be a bit sticky and not great smelling. But if it meant that you didn't need to do a wee there and then, that's probably sensible. I need to do, I, I probably do upwards of 130 wees a day. So, wow. uh, yeah, I know. I That's spend most of, weeds, of my time yeah. jumping up and down. I've had four wees since we've started recording. But, I was um, going to ask, yeah, because I haven't noticed and you haven't jumped up and down to do any of them. But I guess that's because you... Well, you I'm in my office, you see, just going. I've got a secret yeah. compartment here, the details of which I shan't go into. Um, that's So you're a bit like a mouse in that, because like mice just wee while they're running, don't they? Mice just... And you never see mice jumping because they're always just running Taylor, around We go back a long really, way, and I'm sure I told you that. <laughs> they do. Mice are constantly... <laughs> we- either that or we've both Googled the same silly facts about animals. Um, <laughs> Mice are constantly weeing. As they walk around, they're just weeing. They have no bladder control, so they just walk around having a wee, walk around over there having a wee. Yeah, true story. But do you think they wouldn't do that if they jumped around? Well, a jumping mouse isn't a mouse, is it? A jumping mouse is uh, a squirrel. So I think that's... uh, Do squirrels wee all the time? Probably well, this is what I mean. It's jumping like, like rabbits and kangaroos jump around. They, I don't, don't think they wheel. There's, I'm wondering if the jumping helps them put off weeing. Yes. I mean, I've honestly, I've never seen a kangaroo poo in my cornflakes. So it's entirely no. possible that uh, if animals jump enough, they don't need to wee. I wonder if you spend your whole life jumping, can you never wee? Because to be honest, that'd be very efficient. Imagine if you never had to go for a wee. And people would say, oh, you're not a very convincing action hero. We never see you stop and have a wee. And you go, I'm too busy jumping, mate. And then you hop off down the road. That would be amazing. You'd have difficulty. Like, there'd be a lot of things you couldn't do because you'd just be endlessly jumping. I yes. Think. Yes. It'd be very hard to thread a needle. Um, but you'd be good at making yep. cocktails. That's very true, isn't it? Yeah, that is very true. And very good at, um, I can't remember which number one of your, which number of your pillow dodges it was. But there is, was it number three? Oh, the, the jump, jump? Was number four. Yeah. Number four. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you'd endlessly be avoiding anybody trying to attack your legs with a pillow, marshmallow. Or it's any true. Type of during weapon. the pillow game, during getting absolutely mm. leathered with cushions, uh, I very rarely need a wee. And actually, when we stop yeah. the game, that's when we go, ah, oh, now let's do something. We need wees. And we run upstairs. Yeah. And have wees. Well, there you go. So, Agatha Molyneux, it may well be the case that if you just keep jumping around forever more, you'll never need to wee again. Cool. Right. Number three, Stu, and I'll read this again with the three question marks. Why are clouds fluffy? Why are clouds fluffy? I take issue, Agatha Molyneux, with your basic premise. Clouds are, are they fluffy? They're fluffy when you draw them and they're fluffy when you make them out of cotton wool. But clouds themselves, this is my incredible fact about clouds. Clouds are made out of water. And when you see a big cloud, it's often made out of tons and tons and tons of water. So they're not, if you ever go on an aeroplane... When you go through the clouds, you sort of you get the sides of the plane get really wet because you're going through water. And so you uh, you end up uh, inside this enormous wet thing. And it's when the cloud uh, panics that's when it rains, doesn't it? When a cloud goes, oh, I'm so full of water. Oh, God, I'm too full of water. Ah! And then it panics. And that's when it rains. And um, so I've taken the wrong angle on this question, haven't I? <laughs> I've started doing well, education, well, educational stuff about something I barely understand myself. Well, it's, I mean, but I think you've got, you've got something in there because if clouds were properly fluffy, when a plane flew into them, it would just bounce off or, or you'd just stay in and have a hug. I, I can think of nothing finer than being on a plane, flying through a cloud and just getting stuck in a lovely fu- fluffy cloud and being able to get out and have a wander around, peer off yeah. the edge. 
Oh, that does. I mean, is, do you suppose there probably was a time, maybe in the days of flying pigs, where clouds were fluffy, and then after too many planes got stuck, too many birds wouldn't leave because they were having a snooze. Clouds kind of thought this isn't going to work because you know they can't live here rent free all the time. Yes, we better. We better get true. That's true. That's true. Never. One thing I would love to see is a cloud absolutely jammed full of birds and aeroplanes and ladders and trees and everything else that's <laughs> just stuck out, just stuck there in the middle of the sky. What's the problem, Cloudy? Sorry, everyone, I was too fluffy. Everyone that comes through here wants, doesn't want to leave, and now I'm getting incredibly heavy. And that's how you could be having a chat with it, because it'd be so weighed down with all the birds and, and cars and things, everything else that had bumped into it. It should be only about two foot hovering above the floor. So it's just sort yeah. of moving around, yeah. So I think, if anything, we'll probably explain to Agatha Molyneux that, that clouds aren't fluffy, but there's a reason why they're not fluffy. Uh, the clouds aren't fluffy, but there are a reason why they aren't fluffy. Yes, I suppose so. Yes, I think that'll that'll probably have to do us. Agatha Molyneux! No, I have to do it. Stu, could I share with you a really, really terrible joke about clouds that I have that I... Oh, is this a joke remembered? that you made? I've made it. It's terrible. No. It's about clouds. Okay. All right, fine. <laughs> yeah, go on, go on, go on. Tell you a joke. Tell you a joke. That's, that is how, one of my how, favourite things to say. Is someone goes, "Can I tell you a joke?" I love saying no. <laughs> it's quite good. I'm, I'm sort of put off doing it now. But you're also, it's probably the right decision because this joke is terrible. But how do clouds travel travel into town? How do clouds? I'm going to see if I can guess it. I'm going to see if I can guess it. How go do on. on the Cumulo Nimbus? No, you got the answer. Very yes. good. That was yeah. That's very good. On the Cumulo Nimbus. Oh, uh, you're right to you say no. You cannot be you're serious. absolutely right to say no. Oh, and he, he just won't stop. Um, no, Stuart, we've stop got now. one last he, question. He doesn't know any we... other names of clouds. No, neither do I. Something about the, the fluffy ones. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> no, the, the dotty ones, the wispy ones. Yeah, no, I don't think they have. Steve, Steve Cloud. You cannot be serious. Cumulus. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't. No. It's good. Yeah. No. No. Okay, Stu, we've got question number four. Let's finish this for Agatha Molyneux. This actually, this only got, unless I forgot to uh, copy and paste two extra question marks. This one only seems to have one question mark, but we'll oh, see. Maybe she um, doesn't care about it. Maybe, maybe not as bothered. Okay, um, why do humans have eyebrows? Eyebrows. Ah, well, I think most people have eyebrows uh, because it's a sort of an extra means it's like an extra little sunshade over your eyes, isn't it? I remember at school I had a geography teacher whose eyebrows seemed to come out like a pair of hands, like little hairy hands coming out from above his eyes. And it just made him look kind of mysterious. I don't want to say terrifying, but certainly it shaded the rest of his face. And I often wondered what would happen if he went bald and he could simply comb them upwards over the top of his hair. So he could do like a, co- a sideways comb over, but from the front, from the eyebrows wow. to the back. So he'd have a hairy forehead. He'd have an entire sort of helmet of hair. Yeah. From eyebrows all the way to the back. And then if he grew a beard and let the beard grow really far and he could almost sort of loop it into his nose hairs and then loop that into his eyebrows. Yes. And he like a werewolf. You yeah. could connect all of the different bits of hair on your face and look really wolfy. That's good. Some people don't have eyebrows at all. Some people have eyebrows that are very that are very light. So you don't see they're very light in colour. Mm. So they like to draw them on with pencil, which is quite fun because if you start drawing on your face for your eyebrows, who knows where it'll end? You know, that's interesting, isn't it, that some people use makeup and uh, some people put lipstick on. And I always wonder, how do they know when to stop? Because it would be quite tempting once you start painting lipstick on your face just to sort of keep going up over your eyes. Or our friend, comedian Andrew Bird, his beard starts about a centimetre under his eyes. (laughs) Whenever I see someone like that, I always think that's incredible, isn't it? Just let it go and you'll be an incredibly wild, hairy face guy. 
That's what that's what would happen to me if I didn't uh, deal with certain bits of my beard. I would just have an entire face of hair, and then I I sort of worry that you know I, well, I worry I'd get hoovered up for a start. I think that's definitely a worry. If you're all hair, you'd probably get caught in the Hoover quite a few times. That's true. Um, yes, that's you get concerning. Bits of I don't know if you read the twits by Roald Dahl. That guy's got mm. a big beard with bits of you know birds and worms and stuff stuck in it. I do wonder what is it in your DNA that tells certain parts of your face to grow hair and other parts oh, don't grow hair there like you very rarely grow hair in a sort of Mohican down the middle of your nose That's you might shame, occasionally see it, someone though? with a hairy nose but it is a shame because if a, if a, a hairdresser as skilled as my guy uh, if he had access to my face being completely covered in hair think of the things you'd be able to do you'd yeah. be able to make to, like you could have pigtails coming out from below your eyes you could have a nose beard you could have instead of eyebrows you could have one moustache over each eye one a handlebar the other a sort of droopy uh, elderly That'd be incredible <laughs> eye yeah. moustaches uh, do you know I, Stu I would get a maze shaved into my whole face and head and then whenever oh. you met someone they'd have to try and work out how to like go around the maze Oh yes, or or it's, or so many pokey outfits that you're only it's only able to address you and look you in the eye from one specific angle, and your friends <laughs> would know. So they'd be able to say, "Hey, Tin," and then they'd just dodge down to the left and then diagonally up, and you'd be like, "All right, Barry." And other people just wouldn't be able to catch your eye. That'd be particularly oh, good be if you amazing. were a waiter and you worked in a busy bar, and everyone the locals would know that they've got to lean down to the left, look up to the right, and they'd be like, "Can I have a glass of uh, champagne?" Oh, my please? goodness. So if anything, like eyebrows aren't enough, is what we're saying here. Like I feel like yes. eyebrows are just sort of a beginning of a thought yep. that doesn't continue long enough. We need yes. full-on hair faces. Full-on hair faces, complete hair, and hair faces, hair bodies, and I want us to be, I will not rest until we're a bunch of little puffballs completely covered in hair, um, and then once we're all like that, like lemmings, I think we should all jump in the sea and come out and really actually, it would only be, it would only be when you came out of the sea that you were able to see people's actual shapes and the rest of the time, like, have you seen an owl? <laughs> have you seen, you must have seen this. You know, an owl, if you, if you sort of squeeze, if you kind of move all its feathers out of the way, an owl is a, a head, a tiny little body and two incredibly long legs. Yeah. Look this up on the internet. It's absolutely astounding. So I think we'd look the same. You'd be, everybody would be a perfectly spherical hairball and then we'd jump in the sea, we'd climb out and you'd go, my God, Tony, you're five feet taller than I am. And it's only then that you'd know. And then there'd be a lovely moment when everyone on the beach all shook at the same time. Oh, can you imagine if everyone in the world was united and bonded in that one moment of coming out of the sea and going, and we'd shake the sea back into itself. I think the world would be a more peaceful place. Do you know? I think it'd be more peaceful. I mean, the, the who like again, vacuuming things would be difficult because I live with two 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 people with long hair, and uh, my entire life I is spent thinking, should we have a vacuum or should I have a giant comb? Would it be easier with a giant comb? And and that would be tricky. But I suppose if everyone was hairy, we wouldn't care about these things. Yes, or one one thing you could do is shave all of your hair off off your face, off your body, and then run around in a pair of uh, swimming trunks, but having covered yourself in glue. So every every week, once a week, to clean the flat, you could run around it and do cartwheels and everything, just roll around and then uh, replace your own hair with everyone else's. That's a great plan. Stu, you've got so many good plans. I'm really impressed. Just endlessly inventing things. And it's it's very useful. It's very useful having people like you around to make the world sort of function in, in a slightly easier way. Well, that's manner. very kind of you. I'm going to spend the rest of the afternoon holding a stick, pointing it at my wall in my back garden and shouting, Agatha Molyneux! <laughs> yeah, I do hope so. Thank you so much for joining me, Stuart. Thank you for answering all those questions for Agatha Molyneux, and uh, hopefully we'll see you very soon. Thanks for having me. <laughs> 
thank you so much to Stuart Goldsmith for that and very best of luck to him for his toothpick pee balancing act, uh, all the party pooping and of course the monkey carrying. A thank you also to Agatha Molyneux for her amazing questions, all the amounts of question marks that she used and her magical skills and I do hope that Stu's answers were sufficient enough for you. Um, please do let us know how you got on with both your spells but also luring flying pigs back to Edinburgh. Good luck with all of that. Um, that is all for this week's podcast but there will be another next week and then another after that and then maybe some more but only if you send in some questions for us. So please get those pudgy tired lampposts, sorry, grown-ups to help you scribble your questions, whether they be about big things, small things, medium-sized things, eeny-weeny teeny things, huge things, or things that look really big from one side, but then from the other side they don't actually exist and it's really weird. Send in any of those questions to podcast at comedyclub4kids.co.uk and I'll find a suitable silly person to answer them for you. Also, uh, you could write us a lovely review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox or any of the podcast apps or just across your kitchen table in a permanent marker as it'll really help other people who love nonsense to find us. Um, and if you're grown-ups fancy buying me and the Comedy Club for Kids team, including Pirate Steve, Scary Helen and, of course, Ron Pickles, but not the Stinky Hippo, uh, if you fancy buying uh, us a coffee, uh, then they can do that via the ACAST supporter button on the app or at ko-fi.com forward slash Comedy Club for Kids. Um, the Stinky Hippo has now gone thankfully but it still does really smell very funny around here like very strange it's a real pong um i don't know where he's gone i don't oh oh what's that the hippos left me oh that's nice is that a party bag oh lovely um let me just have a little look inside it oh no oh no you have been listening to comedy club for kids presents Radio nonsense, radio nonsense, radio nonsense, radio nonsense, it's the end.